Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Michigan's adventure is open for the season and just like the rest of Muskegon offers fun for the whole family. There's something special about the Petoskey area and it's time you learned why. Alpena is a refuge from the crowds with that up north attitude and the beauty and history of the Blue Water area might be in your future. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling, let's go traveling, let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and can you feel it? We're traveling again, we're getting back out there, and boy, it sure does feel good. I have been getting out a lot, and let me tell you, uh, the travel industry is ready for you right now. You better get prepared, make your bookings in advance. We always say your trip begins at michigan.org, and what we mean by that is make sure to do a little research in advance, and then use that website and then make your bookings in advance because you're going to want to go to places uh, that uh, we're going to talk about today because there are some really cool things happening out there and we are ready to travel. So let's head to my hometown first. We're going to head to Muskegon. Let's bring in Bob Lukens. He is the Convention Visitors Bureau Director in beautiful Muskegon. Bob, it's good to have you on the program. Well, thanks for having me, Dave. I'm really glad to be here. Well, it's always great to hear the latest of Muskegon. It's so interesting. Um, here I am. I, I travel all over the state, and it seems like I've um, gotten to the point where I know my own hometown least because I'm gone so much, and there's so much happening in Muskegon, it's easy to kind of lose track of uh, all the cool things happening. Tell us a little bit about some of the new things happening in Muskegon. Well, I think some of the new things that are going on downtown is there's a lot of building in downtown Muskegon, but we do have some festivals that are going to be happening this year, so we're really thrilled about that. Yeah, good um, to see them coming back. It is. It's great. And I think the people are excited here, um, and we're just waiting for a good summer, and we want it to happen <laughs> sooner rather than later. So um, we're looking at Rebel Road and Bike Time as a big motorcycle event that we have here July 15th through 18th, and that's right in downtown Muskegon. So they shut down the street here, the Main Street, Western Avenue, which is in a social district, by the way. So, uh, you know, people can um, walk freely along the street with an adult beverage in their hand and um, see all the various motorcycles, trikes, all the different motorized vehicles uh, that they could imagine. We typically get about seven to 9,000 motorcycles here. and. Uh, tens of thousands of visitors to check out the bikes. You know what, it is time, isn't it? Uh, you know, I, I remember, um, you know, last year, of course, we couldn't have it, but the year before, I went down and checked it out, and it was so cool. I'm not even a motorcycle guy, but I thought it was a lot of fun talking to the uh, folks who were there, um, seeing their bikes. Uh, they take great pride in, 
and keeping them up and making them look cool, keeping them all nice yes. and clean. And of course, hey, who doesn't like a food booth here and there? Exactly, and it's going to be expanded a little bit this year, Dave. Uh, they're moving it over to Hackley Park, which is uh, one block over, so it'll be a bit wider of a footprint, and there'll be a lot of activities happening in Hackley Park. There'll be some music out there, food, as you said, and then the vendors are always a big hit. Yeah, sure, uh, that's absolutely the true. Well, and Bob, you, you, you mentioned that there's so much construction in Muskegon. If people haven't been to downtown Muskegon for a while, they really need to go there. That that uh, area, which was the former mall property, which was you know all taken away and was waiting for development, it's slowly but surely being redeveloped. It is yes. The farmers market is there, and we're one of the larger farmers markets in the state. Um, and also, there's uh, some new uh, apartment buildings going up in the area, um, and uh, the ever popular chalets are along Western Avenue and these are kind of uh, startup businesses that typically will uh, spend a year or two in the chalets along Western and then move on to larger uh, retail uh, storefronts. So it's a really interesting place. We have a couple of new uh, restaurants that are coming in this year. One is Legends. Um, it's a sports bar right near our new convention center in downtown Muskegon. And then across the street from the old Union Depot here where the CVB offices are uh, is the No Name Saloon. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, it was, what, Tipsy Toad. It was. Uh, and uh, I have to tell you, we loved it because of that uh, rooftop experience, you know, uh, open air experience, which is going to be extremely popular this summer. It sure will. And they're planning on continuing with that. It's good to hear. Well, of course, we could go on and on and on about downtown, but um, let's uh, quickly kind of switch over. Uh, we'll try to bring the Michigan's Adventure people in later on in the season, but Michigan Adventure is open for business again uh, for the season, and they have some, some new attractions to present. Yes, we're really excited that Michigan's Adventure is open again this year. Um, last year their water park was open for a time, but uh, this year they will be open both parts of the facility, the water park and the amusement park, and they have the new Camp Snoopy that's going to be debuting this year. And that's for younger visitors, uh, young kids and families. They have about six to eight new rides uh, and a lot of Peanuts-themed type uh, activities for the kids. So it yeah. should be a great, great uh, place for families to visit this summer. Yeah, they always build themselves as two parks in one with the roller coaster, you know, those types of attractions on one side of the park and then the water uh, features on the other side of the park. It's great. Bob, we, we have you in a, sort, a short segment uh, this week. We're going to have to have you come back as well later on in the year, but uh, can you briefly tell me some of the, the neat things happening down at uh, Pier Marquette Park, you know, right on the beach? Uh, down at the beach, there's a surf festival and, uh, later in July, I believe, and then in, at the last week of August is the Burning Foot Beer Festival, the last weekend of August. So uh, there will be a lot happening there. Uh, our restaurant uh, that is down right on the beach there uh, will be opening. That's called The Deck, and they're expanded this year. They have music and uh, barbecue-type food and music, of course. So. It'll be really fun down on the beach this year, and we're excited for visitors to come back to visit Muskegon. Well, the uh, website is visitmuskegon.org. You really need to do it. Check out the art scene as well. It's pretty spectacular. Thanks to Bob Lukens for being with us today, and 
We're heading up to Petoskey next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We are visiting some of our favorite waterfront towns. I could call them beach towns. I could call them waterfront towns. I could call them a lot of things. Uh, and usually what I say is something that is very complimentary because these places are special and I know you're going to enjoy visiting them. One of them that is going to be on top of your list if you've been there before is the Petoskey area. Of course, the thing about Petoskey is there's a grouping of small little towns and villages and such that makes up the Petoskey area. And to tell us all about that, let's bring in Diane Dakins. She is the assistant director of the Petoskey Area Convention Visitors Bureau. Diane, what a great place. What a beautiful place you live in. I am so incredibly lucky. That is for yeah. sure. I was transferred up here about 38 years ago, and I still thank my old boss when I see him. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, I just talked to the uh, Muskegon area folks, so I know you were in Muskegon for a long time, and then you ended up uh, heading up to the Petoskey area, and uh, what, a, what a great place it truly is. Why don't we, we talk about kind of like the different communities that make up the region, Petoskey being number one. Uh, describe that, would you? Petoskey is a small resort community. It's on Little Traverse Bay, just a beautiful place to relax, a lovely uh, downtown area with a big park, lots of outdoor activities in the area, and just a, um, a very elegant atmosphere, I kind of think. Yeah, you know, if you think about shopping districts, Petoskey would be probably on the top of your list, or at least in the, the top, what, three, four, five communities to enjoy downtown shopping? Yep, I think so. And of course, a, a close second up here would be the Harbor Springs area. Another one, yeah. also beautiful, right, on the other side of Little Traverse Bay. So, um, And we're really, really lucky now because we have ferry service that will take you from one community to the other, from Petoskey to Harbor Springs, Harbor Springs to Bay Harbor, which is our newest community in the area. Now, by ferry service, is this a boat that will take uh, people, or is this the type of boat that would take cars as well? No, no cars. It's not not that long a ride. So um, it's Little Traverse Bay Ferry. It's a 49-passenger ferry. It started just last year. And, of course, with the pandemic going on last year, things were a little weird, and it was a very um, challenging start for them. But we are looking forward to great times aboard the Little Traverse Bay Ferry this year. Uh, it's going to be great to uh, uh, take part in. I can't wait to check it out myself. I haven't actually been up to Harbor Springs for quite a while, and... Um, I'm looking forward to visiting that area uh, this coming year. I did get up to uh, Boyne. Why do I just get this wrong? What is the Boyne property up there? In Harbor Springs? Near Harbor Springs, yeah. That's Boyne Highlands. Boyne Highlands. Why do I always get that wrong? Boyne yeah, Boyne Highlands. Highlands. Great place to visit, especially if you're into golfing. 
absolutely with a new TrackMan system at Boyne Highlands this year, some modifications to some of their golf courses. And if you don't like golfing, but you're really into entertainment, the Young Americans Dinner Theater is coming back this year. And we are so excited to have this group of young people back performing and not only doing the dinner theater this year, but doing some matinees as well. And that means that more people are going to be able to see the show and that price is going to be down a little bit for the uh, for the afternoon shows. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing not only the show, but they've been working on the property itself. Lots of upgrades. And uh, that's going to be a really cool thing to see as time goes on. Yes, some brand new rooms for people to check wow. out this year. I did walk through them and I was really impressed. Very high end and it's going to be a, a great experience to add to the uh, area. But of course, the area is so big. That's the challenge of, of describing the Petoskey area. You have all these communities within the community. Why don't we go over to, uh, let's see, Boyne City. Uh, tell us about Boyne City. Boyne City is just a darling little town. It's it's our little fun town. You know, there's always something going on there. Um, it's right on Lake Charlevoix. Again, big park in the center of town, some cool shops. Uh, one of my favorite things in Boyne City is Avalanche Mountain Preserve, which is the hiking area. And someday I'm going to make it up all 462 steps without huffing and puffing. But uh, yeah. right now that's still a challenge. Yeah, so it's yeah. a spectacular view there. Oh, that's cool. Well, after this last year, I know PBS did this um, kind of mini documentary series on Hemingway. And with uh, the area being so well-known as being like Hemingway summering area, I wonder how many people might be visiting the region for the first time. I think that there will be a lot of people. And, of course, we've got the Hemingway statue in Pennsylvania Park, and City Park Grill is a great Hemingway haunt in downtown Petoskey in the Perry Hotel. And actually in October, October 1st through the 3rd to be exact, there'll be a Hemingway weekend, and that will take place at the Terrace Inn in Bayview. And that's always a good time if you're interested in Hemingway to check out. And there are some other Hemingway events going on throughout the summer as well. Well, Bayview, what an interesting, you know, addition to Petoskey. It's, it is such a, a neat little offset. What's the story behind Bayview? Bayview was established as a Methodist encampment back in 1875. It's one of the last uh, few operating Chautauquas in the country. And, and that means that, that um, there's some religious background there. They do some wonderful programs. Um, and really, the key to Bayview is that it's open to the public. Now, there are private homes in there and that kind of thing, but all of their programming, their classes, and there are a multitude of classes in the summer, um, their classes are open, their lectures, their concerts. Um, this year, they're doing um, the uh, a show a magical review and that will be their uh, musical program in July and then they'll also do La Traviata which is uh, an opera in case you can't tell from the title <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that will be going on in a like I said a multitude of other programs and every Sunday during uh, high season as we call it the season in July and August they do some awesome Vesper concerts, and those start uh, nice. at 8 o'clock at John Hall Auditorium, which is a spectacular auditorium in the heart of Bayview. You know, I've driven through it, but I've never gone to a show there, so I'm looking forward to doing that one of these days. But now, if you're wondering if, where Bayview is, if you're driving on 31, and you're kind of a little bit north of downtown, uh, and you see uh, Stafford's Bayview Inn to the left, 
-hmm. Just look to the right, and you'll see all those cute little, I don't know, summer-type cottage homes Ibs, that absolutely. makes up the community. Yeah, Ging Gingerbread cottages and oh. tucked back in, in Bayview is also the Terrace Inn, so you can either stay at the Terrace Inn or the Bayview Inn in, in Bayview or have, have meals at both places as well. Yep, had some friends stay there as well. Actually, some family. They had a great time. Now, uh, I know a lot of people want to come back up to the region. They want to kind of reconnect with friends and family and 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 with life in general. Uh, and we've all been missing our favorite events, uh, you know, art shows and such. Do you expect any of them to come back this summer? I expect a lot of them to come back. Some of some of the the really big ones, unfortunately, like Bliss Fest, that are weekend long events with just music upon music upon music. You know, you you can't get those lined up at this point now that things are are finally opening up. So those things won't be happening. But our concerts in the park. Um, in Petoskey, street music in Harbor Springs, Boyne City's evenings at the gazebo will be going on this year. You know, all of those kinds of things will be going on, as well as the bigger events. Um, and those are things like in the Antiques Festival, which happens two weekends in Petoskey. Um, we'll have an arts festival at Bay Harbor, which is always a beautiful event. Um, let me see what else. What else is? How about the How about the Pirate Fest in Boyne City? Oh, Pirate Fest is a blast. It's a newer event, and uh, our mateys, it's the place <laughs> to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, we're almost wrapping up uh, the 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 conversation because we're running out of time. But uh, do you expect uh, balloons over uh, Bay Harbor to come back as well this it, fall? It is looking like that's going to happen. Balloons over Bay Harbor will happen uh, the seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth of September, and one. Town I kind of forgot to mention, and I should not have, because also a beautiful waterfront town uh, or uh, village is Alanson, and Alanson will be hosting the 73rd Top of Michigan Boat Races, uh, August 14th through 15th. So that's oh, a great cool. place to. It's fun to come watch all those boats just go crazy. Well, it's such a beautiful area. You need to check it out in advance and then go there. PetoskeyArea.com. Our thanks to Diane Dakins for being with us today. We're heading to Alpena next here on. Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We are checking out some of our favorite beach towns all throughout the state, whether you consider it a beach town or a fishing town or uh, just a town you love to uh, spend uh, a day on the water. Doesn't matter. They're all really cool cities that we're uh, talking about today. And we're going to go up to that northern eastern part of the Lower Peninsula uh, next to go to the Alpena area to find out what's happening up there. Let's bring in Mary Beth Stutzman. She is the president and CEO of the Alpena Convention and Visitors Bureau. Mary Beth, uh, boy, we've been through this uh, COVID thing enough. It's time to travel and it's time to enjoy ourselves in uh, your beautiful little town. Uh, how have things been going? Uh, things have been going great, Dave. Thanks for asking. It's been, you know, just really wonderful to watch um, spring wake up the community and we're getting into some warmer days and people are, are already <laughs> out on the water out on the trails, I think that, you know, they realize that being active outside and getting fresh air is really beneficial, especially now. And, you know, some of the things we've learned over the past year. So it's 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 great up here. 
Isn't it true? I have spoken to many of my friends who for years I was trying to get out to do things in the uh, wintertime or just playing get outside, and they've always resisted. Well, this last winter they were outside, and for the most part, everybody enjoyed it. And now that warm weather is here, uh, I, I think, again, they're going to really enjoy being outside because, man, we had to stay inside for too long. So now that we can get out there and really enjoy ourselves, we're going to do it. And we'll head up to places like Alpena because it's such a great town. Uh, how would you describe Alpena to somebody who's never been there before? You know, it's um, a lot of people have heard about Alpena, but have not been here because they've they have uh, a little awareness about what's going on up here or don't um, really realize the spread or the scope of the of the community in the region. And we like to say that Alpena is a, a modern community at nature's doorstep. And what that really means is very literally you can take off from you know your home office or if you've been back to work you can take off in the middle of the day in your lunch break and go kayak around a nature sanctuary or you know you can bring your boat in and head out as soon as your meetings are done or whatever you're doing here um, it's just a really great place where we have immediate access to the outdoors and we also it's an interesting little fact uh, not really a useful fact, but a good fact to know that we have more park lands and park green space uh, that is curated for the public per capita than most cities. Uh, so that what that means is we have a ton of outdoor relaxed adventure opportunity. Well, I love that myself. As you know, I live out in the woods in a little log home, and uh, we've always enjoyed kind of being away from the downtown scene. But I have... I have to admit, really enjoyed being in bigger cities these last several years. And Alpena, not a big city, but it is a city. So you can, to your point, you know, have that city experience. But there you are, you know, just footsteps away from being in a really cool outdoor environment as well. Really perfect. Yeah, exactly. It really has the feel of a, of a bustling city. A lot of people are surprised when they get here to find out that it's much bigger than they expected. But we are isolated from... You know, a lot of the, the daily living that is experienced in metro areas. So, you know, if you're used to a long traffic commute to work or hmm. if um, you've got a favorite locally owned coffee shop that you found, um, you know, Alpina has some of those great assets, wonderful restaurants and a bustling downtown that just keeps um, ramping up their their evolution. We just had some new stores open up in our downtown. So it's really a great place to go um, to feel disconnected, but also essentially remain connected. And we have uh, places where you can bring your work with you and work from you know the side of a trail even, depending mm -hmm. on uh, you know what your plans are for the day. We have biking, hiking, um, bird watching, kayaking, paddle boarding, uh, shipwreck snorkeling, uh, fossil hunting. I mean, you name it, there's a lot of interesting things to do here. It's a cool place. You know, one of the things I really enjoy as well when I go up there, because I live in the west side of the lower peninsula, so people used to always say, well, it's hard to get to that, you know, that sunrise side of the state because there aren't any major expressways going through there. So again, I get to one of the things I like about that area is <laughs> there are no major expressways going right directly <laughs> to there. That's a positive thing for me. And let me tell you, the drive that I take, because I usually come from like Gaylord and then I drive east to Alpena. Mm -hmm. That's a beautiful drive. Anytime it of the really year. is. It's a beautiful drive. 
But if you're coming, let's say, from the south and you're taking, is it 23 that goes along yes. the water? Yep. Yeah, 23. Again, a beautiful drive. So seriously, just getting there is half the fun. And then uh, once you get there, it's, it's a great place as well. Hey, let's, let's talk a little bit about the history of Alpena because one of the things I have enjoyed is, I mean, talk about history. You mentioned fossils, but also the lighthouses. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about both of those things. Well, um, you know, we are on the shore of a great lake, Lake Huron, and the, the lakes were a gift from glaciers that were here many, many moons ago. But one of the things that they left behind uh, in our geology of the area is a lot of limestone um, karst formation. So we are a destination for fossil hunting from the Devonian, so people can find all different sorts of sea life. Um, different kinds of fossils and um, invertebrates that would have been living at that time. It was known as the age of the fishes, but it's very unusual to find a fish because a lot of them didn't have the armored exoskeleton, um, so they weren't preserved. But every once in a while, you do find one. And yeah. at Rockport State Recreation Area, which is also a dark sky preserve, uh, there is an abandoned limestone quarry, and you can hike out there and have a very safe fossil hunting expedition with the whole family and take up to 25 pounds of fossils home with you. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I have to break in for a second uh, uh, and just tell you, Mary Beth, that last summer fall, I forget, uh, my wife and I brought our 83-year-old mother there and we went to Rockport State Park and went fossil exploring. We had to drag her out of there because she wanted to stay there. <laughs> it was so much fun. And even though it's kind of hard to find a, a level um, part of land because of the, the rocky nature, she enjoyed it as well. So to your point, it's for the whole family. It's a great place. Yeah. And a lot of people ask, well, are we really going to find anything? And after about you know <laughs> half an hour out there, they're like, oh, yeah, you really do trip on them. They are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're every, half a second, I think, because they are everywhere. Um, how about uh, telling us about those lighthouses? They're they're pretty cool. So we are, you know, our position on the Great Lakes, we once were uh, in the 1800s, uh, a thriving port city. And we still are a thriving port city, but, it, you know, in a modern way. So long ago, uh, before navigation was um, satellite assisted, uh, we had lighthouses that would help the ships safely sail the waters. So we are talking about, um, you know, big schooners, wooden schooners with masts and sails. We're talking about early freighters that were hauling things from Chicago up and down the St. Lawrence Seaway. They all had to pass by northeastern lower Michigan because this was part of the shipping channel. So really, basically, it was like the I-75 of Lake Huron. So right out in front of Alpena, we always had a lot of shipping activity. Even, um, you know, in a, a good year, we might have 1,500 or 1,500 ships coming in and out of our harbor, doing um, logging and timbering and, and um, transporting goods and services and people. We had a pretty diverse population here in the um, starting from the beginning. And so lighthouses were one of those um, relics of the past that have been preserved in the area because they have such historic significance and learning about our history. And we are centrally located to seven different ones, two of which are on islands, which are especially unique. And uh, we, uh, every year we have groups of people that come and, you know, just friends or, you know, history groups that 
come and they um, see if they can climb all of the lighthouses that are open. Um, we have the oldest accessible lighthouse on the Great Lakes and then the tallest accessible lighthouse on the Great Lakes. And they are both located about a mile from each other um, in Presque Isle. So it's really a, a treat when people come here if they're interested in that type of thing. Um, you know, the lighthouses kept the people sailing on the Great Lakes safe and they kept the folks on land connected with the with the waterways and we still feel like that's a pretty strong part of who we are up here in our values. So um, there's a lot of restoration work always going on on our lighthouses and they all, most of them are staffed with volunteers, uh, docents who have been specially trained to help you understand the history of the buildings, how they were built, the architecture and you know the culture of lighthouse living. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty unique. It really is. And, you know, we have so many lighthouses. I just spoke to the Lighthouse Association uh, in Michigan, uh, more than any other state park in the or state in the uh, country with all mm -hmm. those lighthouses. So it's a cool thing to see. Well, uh, Mary Beth, we're going to run out of time. Um, there's so much to uh, to explore and to see in Alpena, including the NOAA Center, uh, which is certainly have a tremendous mm -hmm. maritime connection there as well. So people just need to uh, check out the website in advance of their trip. It is visitalpina.com. Do that. Enjoy yourself. Our thanks to Mary Beth Stutzman for being with us today. We're heading to the Blue Water area next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We're talking about some beautiful waterfront communities all throughout the Lower Peninsula in Michigan. Of course, we uh, talked about my hometown of Muskegon, known for Pier Marquette Park and the Silver Sides and all those really cool things on Lake Michigan. Petoskey, very well known as that uh, northwest sector of the Lower Peninsula and this really, you know, really cool place with all those those cute little towns. Uh, the uh, Alpena area, uh, not as busy as the west side, but just as cool place as so many other places up north. And now we're going to go to that blue water area. You might be saying, what's the blue water area? Well, I think it really describes the area quite well. And to tell us more about, let's just say, Port, Port Huron and more, let's bring in Katie Stepp. She is the marketing manager for the Blue Water Area Convention and Visitors Bureau. Katie, it's good to have you on the program. Thank you for having me. Hello. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the region that you cover first, because uh, Blue Water Area, people might be uh, wondering where that is. Yes, it's Michigan's Thumb Coast. Michigan's Thumb Coast. Yeah, so it's basically, let's say, from uh, generally the Port Huron area all the way up to the kind of the tip of the thumb. And you guys do such a great job to promote the area. It is... Uh, I guess I'll say eclectic area because even though you're all on the waterfront, um, you have some really different communities all along that area. We do. I think we have a really good um, region from you know the lower end, which is closer to Detroit, Algonac area, where you've got that island, maritime feel with the freshwater delta down there, which is one of the world's largest. And then you get all the way up to the tip of the thumb, and you've got more of a sand duny, um, mountainous area, so everything in between. Now, uh, most people, when they're on the water in your area, would you say most people will experience it by kayak 
or do people go powerboating or do they go sailing or, you know, what's the water experience there? Oh, that's a tough one. I, th I think it's a really good mix because, you know, Lake Huron coming out of Port Huron is really popular for sailors. You'll constantly see them out um, heading under the bridge. But down, um, you know, in the St. Clair River, it's really big fishing around Harsons Island is this delta area that's very popular for uh, water trails, kayaking, canoeing. You're going to see a lot of fishing right along there. Um, power boating, of course, is, is just as popular. I'd say it's a really good mix of all of them. Yeah, probably is. I would, I'd characterize it that way as well. Now, Katie, you mentioned water trails. I know on your website, bluewater.org, you do have a, a little feature on, on water trails. Makes a lot of sense because you have so much water in the area. Tell us what we uh, should expect to see when we go to your website. Yeah, so on um, bluewater.org, if you click on the recreation tab, it's going to give you all of the water trails, the hiking trails that are popular. Um, in the water trails category, we have 12 different paddling routes. Uh, one of the most popular one is actually a national water trail. It's 10 miles. It's the island loop route. Uh, to me, that's my favorite because you're getting uh, that slower paddle section where you're going through this lush tropical area under the Tanner Gate. And then you're going to end up going under the Blue Water Bridge and back around into that urban paddle through downtown Port Huron. It's very beautiful. Yeah, I like that kind of paddling myself. I've done whitewater uh, paddling. Um, yeah, it's kind of fun, but you don't really get to see the area. So it's nice to be in an area where you can really enjoy the entire atmosphere, the entire experience. And you can certainly do it uh, that way in the Blue Water area. Now, uh, you know, I want to kind of give people a little more insights on what they'll find when they go to bluewater.org because you do very smartly have like a kids section there. Tell us about that as well. Yeah, so that's new for us this season. We uh, created a, an activity blog essentially or a, um, activities guide for just the younger children. So it's right on our front page. You'll see there and it's going to give you all of the great things across the entire Thumb Coast to do from, you know, petting farms to um, the fun super slides they've created down in Port Huron. And I think it's really great to see this for um, your young ones and they will enjoy pretty much anything on there. And really a lot of it's going up to um, big kids too. So you're gonna gear towards the entire family on this one and there's gonna be so much to do on there. You're gonna wanna stay the night. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, now you have been doing so much work both on the website, social media and such so that people can learn more about visiting the area. I understand you put some videos together on TikTok. Tell us about that. Yeah, TikTok has been a really great resource. We started our TikTok page uh, last spring, so it's been, uh, I guess, a year, over a year now, and it has been wonderful. And at first I wasn't sure, like, okay, what kind of audience are we looking at here? But we're getting a lot more interaction with it now from locals saying, hey, I'm coming to the area. Where can I rent a boat? you know, on the on each of the videos. So right now, when you go to our TikTok page to discover um, the blue Michigan thumb coast, you're gonna see over 200 little short videos. So pretty much mm -hmm. every area of the thumb coast has had a short little video clip and it just gives you that, that sense of what to expect when you get there. Well, I was there uh, last summer with the uh, Under the Radar guys, Tom Dalton and Jim Edelman. And let me tell you, I really enjoyed visiting. We. Uh, we saw the uh, not only the coastal area, but kind of went inland as well. And one of the things that I really enjoyed was just kind of exploring the history of the area. You mentioned it's a mariner's uh, kind of like, uh, you know, culture and history of the area is really all about uh, ship shipping and boating and such. 
So there's a lot of history there to enjoy as well. Yeah, we have um, a really fun heritage tour that we created also this year, and it's going to take you through, I forget how many points, it's something like 30 some points of interest throughout the Thumb Coast. So we've designed it in a way that you could do it on your own as a road trip. You could do a couple things at once, and then it picks back up. So it starts from the south end region down in the Clay Algonac area on Harsons Island that goes all the way up to the tip of the Thumb. And in this guide, it's a nice PDF guide you'll find on our website under the um, museums tab, takes you through all those really interesting points because we have a lot of history here from Native Americans that you can see along the Blue Water Riverwalk, interesting information to all the wonderful museums along the way and also the, um, you know, the popular landmarks like the lighthouses. Yeah, I can't ten, forget about that. Yeah, it, yeah, amazing. It really is. Well, I, I'm trying to think. I went to the Huron Light, I think it was. Yeah. And uh, that was pretty spectacular. You never know because, you know, we're still dealing with COVID stuff. Uh, you know, what's open and what's not. So make sure to go to the website in advance uh, so you know what to expect when you get there. Now, speaking of maritime, uh, the Port Huron area has to be one of the finest areas of the state. If you just want to kind of sit there and enjoy the day and watch the ships go by because ship viewing is a very popular thing to do there. It is. We actually created a whole page just for it now that gives you all those suggested locations on where, if you wanted to come in person to visit them along the coastline, which is at Shipwatching on the website as well, bluewater.org. But it also gives you the live stream cameras as well. So there's several of them along there. So if you're not able to make it and you're looking still for that virtual experience, you can certainly see them that way as well. But a lot of the locations you can see, whether you um, can't walk very far and you can just stay from your car, you could still see them, the ships, perfectly from all these locations. Yeah. So it's really great for anybody. I agree. Well, you know, we only have about a minute, Katie, but um, speaking of ships, we have to talk about those uh, ships with those big sails um, <laughs> because Bayview to Mac is back. And uh, I don't even know if they've, they've come up with a date yet, but we do expect that to happen later this summer, right? We do. Actually, they already have the date planned. They've never canceled it. So this year it's Saturday, July 24th, which is on our website as well in the events tab for the sail race itself. So we're the start line to get up to Mackinac from here. So they will leave the Black River in downtown Port Huron. And it's beautiful to see because it's where all the families are waving goodbye. It's a very emotional experience. Yeah. And then you get up by the bridge and you can kind of see them sealing off. So there's lots of different vantage points there. But there's also going to be the concert series again this year. So we have um, two, let's call Boats and Boots. So Joe Nichols and Drake White are country singers, though they'll be here Thursday and Friday night as well oh, in downtown. That sounds great. Well, I know concerts, speaking of concerts, they're going to be going all summer long as well because people are just ready to get back out there. And the Port Huron area, the Blue Water area, is one of the places you should go to. The website is bluewater.org. And our thanks to Katie Stepp for being with us today. Thank We've you. run out of time. Uh, that is it for this program. We'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling.